Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Don't make me shout by myself. Don't make me shout by myself. Well, I'm glad to be here. And I want to give you an opportunity to give God some amazing praise. I want to give you an opportunity to become undignified for a moment. I remember the Old Testament story of David as he is bringing in the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of the Lord. The Bible says that he got undignified. He, he laid down his kingly robe for a moment. And the Bible says as he was bringing in that ark that had been gone, the, the represents the presence of God. The Bible says that he began to shout and he began to dance before the Lord, Kathy. He began to shout. He sounded a little emotional, y'all. And he was praising God and his wife looked over outside, peeked through the blinds and said, oh my goodness. I can't believe the way David is acting. And David found out. He got home after he'd shouted and worshiped God. And she said, I can't believe you acted the way you acted. I can't believe you've done what you've done. And he looked at her. And now this is the Caleb Lancaster version. He looked at her and he said, baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, I got a shout you ain't never heard before. I got a dance you ain't never seen danced. I got a praise you ain't never heard praise. Let me give you an opportunity today. In the middle of an aftermath of a pandemic like we have never seen, in crazy times, weird uh, supply chains and all this stuff, I want to tell you something. God made a promise. He said if we'd be obedient, he would provide. And I want to tell you, this week we broke ground on a promise. Come on, somebody. Hey! I said we broke ground on a promise. And uh, it may not mean as much to you as it does to me. But I'm telling you right now, God's called us to touch the world from Waycross, Georgia. I'm not in the building buildings. I'm not a contractor. But I am doing what God called us to do. We are doing what God called us to do. And he said, build a barn. He didn't say build a cathedral. He said, build a barn. And this is the beginning of that barn. You say, why do you call it a barn? Because the, because the Bible says that the harvest is ripe. The fields are white with harvest. It's ready. It's time to go gather in. And what do you bring the harvest to? I don't know. But we're going to bring it into a barn. We're going to bring it into a barn. This building right here, all 9,500 square foot of it, and it doesn't include Hope House, which is going to be right here behind it. And that's all coming to in the same time. And I'm telling you, that represents lost people, broken people that are going to come to a man named Jesus and their lives are going to be changed. Do you believe that? Are you excited about what God's doing? They said, wait. We said, what for? Now is the day of salvation. Now. God's going to do it. God is, I believe God is bringing us into a season. 
I've seen miracles. Oh, my God. Last six years has been miracle after miracle, God's provision after God's provision. You jumped in somewhere in between day one and today. But I can tell you it ain't always been like this. It ain't always been like this. God's taken us from, from bankruptcy to breaking ground, from foreclosure to finishing what God promised. You understand what I'm saying? So I want us to, we look out there, it's hard to get maybe get excited about dirt. But this is the foundation. And if you can't shout at the foundation, don't shout when you're sitting down over there now. If you've got to see it all to begin to get excited, then you're going to need this message that I'm preaching today. I'm thankful for what God has done. But we haven't seen anything yet. He's just getting started. And I want to encourage you to stay the course. Stay the course. Finish the race. Keep the faith. God is doing something. It's bigger than what we can see. It's bigger, it's bigger than what we can fathom. But I'm believing God for it anyway. Are you believing God for it? Let me ask you something. Let me make it personal for you today. Do you have anybody in your family that's far from God? Anybody right now? Raise your hand. I'm believing they're going to come to Jesus. I believe... I believe they're going to be over here in this barn. Do you understand what I'm saying today? This isn't about just building a building. This isn't just about building Hope House and for a place for women because, you know, we ain't got nothing else to do. No. This is doing what God called us to do. Being the church God called us to be. I want you to lift your hands all over the building. And I want us to begin to just thank Him right now. Father, I thank You today. Open your mouth and begin to praise Him. God, I praise You today. I thank You, God, for provision. I thank You, God, for the dream. I thank You, God, for Your faithfulness. and your For these people who are here today, those who are watching, those who have already been here this morning in the first service. God, I thank You today. I bless You honor you today now for the next few moments church if you would reach your reach your hands up stretch them up this way towards me i pray for the next few moments god that you would speak through me god that it be my mouth but your words my mind but your thoughts today and lord i pray father for my family who's standing in this congregation today church lay your hands on yourself right now father i pray that you would speak to them today Give them revelation, understanding, clarity of what, God, this word that you've given me and help us to apply it in our lives. And if there's somebody here today, and there probably is because I've been praying that they would be, somebody that don't know you, they don't have a relationship with you. All they know about you, but they don't know you. I pray today they'd get saved. I pray today would be a day of miracles. I'm expecting the miraculous to take place. Nothing more miraculous than the saving of a soul. 
Lord, I thank you now. I give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody say it. Amen. Amen. Can you give God praise one more time? All right. You may be seated. I'm going to ask you now to keep them moving to a minimum today. Uh, don't be a distraction to anybody. And, and I'm, I've got a word I believe God wants to give us today found in his word. I want to take your attention to Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs chapter 29. Today I want to, I want to start a series. And I've entitled this series Next. Next. God is getting ready to do something, and it's not in our past, it's in our future. Come on, somebody. God is getting ready to do something in next, and so it's a, it's a next season, it's the next day. It's, God is wanting to do something next in our lives. There's a next in your life, and next may seem hard to some of us, because you're trying to get through your now. You're doing all you can do to get through your now. But I'm telling you, there is a next. God's got a plan. God's got a future. God's got good for you. Come on, do you believe that, church? God's got a plan for you, a plan to prosper you, not to harm you, not to hurt you. He's got good for you. There is a next, and you, you just got to understand what is right now is not always going to be. It's not always going to be like this. There, You're coming out of what you're in right now. And I, I didn't live long enough to understand now that you're either going into something or you're coming out of something. But I've never went into nothing without God, and I've never come out of nothing without God. He's been with me. He sticks closer than any brother or any friend. He's right here with me right now in this moment. But I want to encourage you today to think about and begin to embrace the next in your life. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. In the King James Version, which is, which is the version I like to, 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 I've always studied out of, it says this, without, without vision, the people will perish. I like this version. It says, without revelation, people will run wild. And I, I, you know, I look outside in this world today, and there are people running wild. They are running wild, wild with the, their feelings and their wicked desires. They're running wild, doing what they think they want to do and how they want to do it. We, we have a society of people who are running wild. They're dogs without fences and leashes. They are running all over this place. They are being tossed by the winds and the waves. However, whatever the news tells them, whatever the picture the, uh, their, their, their environment paints for them, well, that's the way they run. But I'm telling you, that's not the way God's people are to live. We are to live with a vision. We are to live uh, with an assignment on our lives, a, a vision. And the Bible says it's pivotal, it's important, so important that without God's vision, without understanding the next, without understanding that there is a tomorrow, without understanding that it's not always going to be like it is, without understanding that, without having God vision in your life and your eyes on God and walking by faith and not sight, without this, the Bible says, you will run wild, you will perish. Not only will you run wild, you will run to your demise. Today, I want to talk about vision. What is vision? Vision is the ability to see the plan and purpose of God for your life. 
kind of like a trailer of a movie. It doesn't give you all the details. I'm not saying you're going to know everything that's happening in your life or every, every, every point and every... No, you're not going to know that, but you need to know God's vision for your life. You say, well, pastor, how do I know God's vision? Somebody tells me this. Well, it, they could, but you've got a word right here from God, and you grab a hold of this word, and he'll speak to you. It lays out your plan, the plan for your life. Vision is like a snapshot. It's like a commercial that, that shares a little bit about your future, the direction that you're heading in. It's the vision. It's God vision. It's the ability to see the plan. Not all the details. Come on, somebody. But the plan. I don't even have to know all the details. I've been living a life for, of faith for several years now, and I've never known all the details, but I know the big picture. And the big picture is I don't have to cope with it. I can conquer it. The big picture is I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. Come on, somebody. The, 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 the plan, the vision is I'm above and not beneath. Do you understand what I'm saying? The vision is God is with me and he's fighting for me and he goes ahead of me and everything that I touch will be blessed. God's plan is to prosper me as my soul prospers. This is the vision for his people. Not to be down and defeated but to live in victory. But there is no victory without God vision. To some of you, you will understand this. To others, you're spiritually blind and you don't, even, you don't know what I'm talking about. But we're living in a, in a hostile spiritual environment. Are you with me, church? Remember the church today? Are y'all here? You're watching online? We are living in a spiritually hostile environment. We are thought of to be crazy. We are thought of to be foolish. We are thought of to be closed-minded and ignorant. We are thought of, and as from uh, uh, in the eyes of many people of this world, we're thought of to be homophobic and uh, all these other phobics. I don't, I can't even keep up with them. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now. Every for since the beginning, the Christian, the one who follows Jesus, has always been looking, taken uh, for someone who has uh, not all their. Faculties. They don't understand. They don't have a deep understanding. They don't, they're not as smart as me, but I'm telling you right now, uh, guilty as charged. I'm not as smart as some of these people. These, some of these people are so smart, they're stupid. They're so smart, they think they can figure out God. But I, I, I just consider being a little, I, I'm okay with being a little slow. I'm okay with being a, not as smart as everybody else. I'm okay with understanding that I can't wrap my mind around God. And if I could wrap my mind around him, he'd be a poor, pitiful God. If I knew everything he was doing, he'd be a poor, pitiful God. But I'm telling you right now, crazy I may be, guilty as charged, but I am in love with this man named Jesus and I made up my mind I will follow him. I will follow him. It's important today to have our eyes on him, our focus on him, to live with a God vision. God vision. Understanding the promises of God that have been spoken over our lives by God himself. But I'll tell you something, your vision is, aff is affected, can be affected. 
can be affected by our environment. I used to have bad allergies. I, my allergies are better than they used to be. I can remember getting ready to go. I had preached one or two nights already in a revival. This has been years ago. And about day number three, my allergies went berserk. My eyes was watering. The, the, that day, the, 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 the sky looked different. The pollen was floating all in the air. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Old demon spirits were riding on these pollen particles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Had to be. And these particles of pollen shot up my nose and in my eyes, caused my eyes to water. You know what I'm talking about? My nose to run, coughing. My throat was scratching. Now, this wasn't just an every, every... You remember this? You remember what I'm talking about? This wasn't just a every every now and then I'd sneeze. I'm talking about I just would have these sneezing epileptic fits. Do you understand? Just sneeze and sneeze and sneeze. I thought to myself, I don't know how I'm going to preach this. this. I don't know how I'm going to preach tonight. Y'all, I did. And I sneezed and I snotted all over the place. I didn't have a, a sweat rag. I had a snot rag. Do you hear me? That nobody come up to me wanting prayer after the service. There was no altar call. <laughs> no. And I went ahead, it was, and, and I couldn't see. You know, my eyes would get so swollen. I can remember making a drive. It was about an hour away. I can remember driving to the church, and I was by myself. And I thought, oh, man, because the sun was just beaming down, and my eyes were swollen, and I couldn't hardly keep them open. I thought, man, I'm in a mess. I just couldn't. I could hardly see what was going on. My eyes were swollen. They were itching. My nose was running. <sighs> I realized something. Environment can affect your vision. Environment can affect your vision. I see this in our everyday life. What environment are you talking about? COVID has affected our vision. There are many churches that have not opened up yet. There are many churches that are, have refused to open up. There are many pastors who are, 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 are listen to me, y'all, who are getting ready to call it quits because never in the history of their church have they seen such a dramatic drop-off. This is real. Never has the church been more, less attended than today. It doesn't matter if they run 5,000 or 500 or 5. Everyone's feeling it. I, met, I, I talked to a minister out here the other day. Half his congregation has it showed back up. Where are they at? Listen, that'll affect your vision. I'm talking to a man who had lost vision. He's now just trying to live in the now instead of thinking about the next. The dreams and the plans have been put to the side. Don't, 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 don't think, well, that man's not a faith. Because this is a hostile environment. This is an environment that I've never been in, that you've never been in, but it's an environment where we are, need to be instructed to hold on to our vision, to protect our vision, to not let our environment blur our vision. 
What will blur your vision? COVID will blow, blur your vision. That divorce will blur your vision. That death will blur your vision. That child who has forsaken God, your daughter, your son, that will blur your vision. It will knock you off course. It will get you looking at what's going around, on around you instead of keeping your eyes on Jesus. The infidelity. The spouse that tells you, I, don't, I want out. I don't want to be here no more. I don't want to be with you no more. That will affect your vision. The business deal that goes south, it will affect your vision. The sickness, the disease, the diagnosis. The news on the other end of the phone. All of these things are attacks to attack your vision. Because if, if, if your vision is attacked, you'll begin to run. Run wild. Instead of running for a reason. Instead of running for purpose. You'll run wild. We see a beautiful picture of this found in the Gospel of Mark chapter 10. This is a story of a man named Bartimaeus. We'll call him Bart. To say he had no sight, you would be correct. He could not see. He could, to explain to him purple, you would, you would be wasting your time because he, you, couldn't, you couldn't explain it to him. He's never seen it before. He was blind. He had no sight. Jesus and his disciples and his followers go to where Bartimaeus is in the city that Bartimaeus is living in. He is a beggar. He can't work. He is begging for, for money so that he can get his next meal. This is what he was. This is who he was. And this is how he lived. Are you listening? And as Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples, Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was heard couldn't see, he heard that Jesus was in the city. And the Bible says that he cried out, Jesus! Jesus! Thou son of David, have mercy. Oh, Jesus, have mercy on me. Oh, the disciples and the followers of Jesus said, shh, hush. Bart, shut up. Leave him alone. He don't have time for you. He has come to this city to teach. He does not have time to, 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 to see some people. He doesn't have time to talk to you. Hush. The Bible says that blind Bartimaeus got even louder. Jesus, I, you don't tell me to shut up. You shut up. Jesus, thou son of David. Now we look right past that. We don't think anything about that, but that was, that was not what people called Jesus. The only people that called Jesus, Jesus, thou son of David, was someone who understood that Jesus just wasn't a teacher, but that he was the Messiah, the promised one, that he was more than just a miracle worker, and more than just a good teacher. He was the son of the living God. Hey, that's... Blind Bartimaeus may have been blind, but he had vision. Well, point number one is this. You can have great sight but terrible vision oh yeah 
There's a lot of people I've met, they got wonderful sight. They can point out everything that's wrong. They can pinpoint, pick apart everything that everybody is doing. Oh, they have great sight. They can pull up on the property, they see everything that's wrong. They see, uh, they come up here. They are expert observers. Right now they're observing this message. They're wondering how I'm presenting it. They're wondering if I'm mad or if I'm happy. They're wondering if me and my wife's getting along or if we're not getting along. They're wondering what's going on. They're wondering what the person next to them's thinking. Oh, they look across the crowd. They see some empty chairs. They're thinking, hmm, I wonder why there's some empty chairs. I wonder if pastor's not preaching the word like he's supposed to. I wonder if he's praying like he's supposed to. I wonder what's going on. Great observers. You know, everything is, oh, I see so-and-so. They look like they're sitting up in the front now. They must have got really saved. Oh, man. Oh, I may have been hanging out with a pastor now. They must be, you know, all these things. You are a wonderful observer. You've got great sight, but you've got terrible vision. And here I see a man with great vision, terrible sight. He had greater vision than the disciples. This bond Bartimaeus had never walked with Jesus, but I'm telling you right now, he spent some time talking to a God, talking to God Almighty. He had some kind of revelation. He had some kind of vision and understanding. He wasn't saying, doctor, doctor. No, he was saying, Jesus, Jesus. Why would he call on this man? Why would he call on this man who was no king? Why would he call on this man who had no military force? Why would he call on this man who had no king, who had no, who had no governmental authority? Why would he call on this man? Because he had vision. He had vision. I don't know when it happened. I don't know when God spoke to him, but he knew that this was going to be his day. This was going to be his moment, and there wasn't nobody going to stop him and nobody was going to shut up until God said, get up. He had terrible sight, but he had great vision. Are y'all with me? He understood and could see better than these disciples, than the ones who were telling him to shh, leave him alone. He didn't come for you. That's exactly who he did come for. Huh? That's exactly who he did come for. I am blind Bartimaeus. I am the woman at the well. I, I, that's who I am. I am the beggar on the side of the road. I am that person who needed a savior. I am that person who nobody wanted to talk to and nobody wanted to mess with. Everybody said, shut up. I am that man. I am the man who touched Jesus and Jesus touched me and he changed my life. This is the person and this is that church. Somebody give God praise that when you called him, when you called him, he stopped. That you had enough vision. That God enlightened you. That he pulled back the scales off of your eyes enough to see that you're a sinner and you need Jesus. This Bartimaeus, Bart, had terrible sight, but he had great vision. His vision, not his sight, propelled him to call out to Jesus. What you can see with your own eyes naturally will keep you quiet. I look around me and I see heartache. I see heartbreak. I see hurt. I see marriages destroyed. I see drugs running rampant. I see sin at an all-time high. I see the ravages of sin wrecking 
homes and families and relationships. I see obituary after obituary of people who have allowed Satan to steal, to kill, and destroy them. But I don't, let my, I don't let my eyes stay there. I have to transfer. I have to, I have to switch. I have to change my focus. Because with all that happening, I still understand there's a God who is moving the unmovable, breaking the unbreakable, shaking the unshakable, bringing the addicts out of addiction, putting families back together. Help me, somebody. I can't focus on I'm aware of it. I'm aware of it, but I can't let it steal my vision. His vision, not his sight, propelled him to call out to Jesus. And I'm telling you, our vision has to be greater than our sight. Vision, our sight will tell us to stop. Our sight will tell us to collect dry beans. Prepare for the end of time. Get powdered milk and all this five-gallon buckets of dry food. If you do that, fine. When, when we need it, I'm coming to your house. But until then, I'm eating hogging bones. I'm telling you right now, our sight will cause us to cower down. What we can see naturally will cause us to want to just fold up. Just sit back. Take it easy. Mm. But when I, when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I didn't take it easy. I don't know about these folks who could take it easy, who went on a spiritual vacation the moment they got saved, but not me. When I got saved, I went into a boot camp. When I got saved, I enlisted to an army. When I got saved, I got a drive that's drive driven me uh, the rest of my life. And it'll continue to drive me. It's a passion inside of me. You say, well, that's just your nature. That's just your, that's just your, uh, uh, that's just your, what am I looking for? That's your personality. No, it's a passion that comes from Holy God. It's a passion that comes from the Holy Ghost. It's a fire burning in my soul and in my spirit. And I can't keep quiet. I can't shut down. I can't shut up. I I gotta tell everybody I know, hey, have you met this man named Jesus? I plunder hell and populate heaven. That's what, that's, that's, that's what happens. But if I keep my eyes on what's going on around me, I love, I love sight, I love sight. Sight lets me, sight lets me see what God's done, but vision takes me to where, what God's going to do. I love the fact that I can see the clouds and the sky and the air and the ocean and my family and my kids. And I love that I can see what God has done, but our vision shows me, it gives me a glimpse of what God is going to do. 2 Kings chapter 6 is an amazing story of a man named Elisha and a servant, a nameless servant. You need to start reading the Bible, by the way. There are some cool stories in the Bible. The coolest thing about them is they're real. And this is one of the coolest. Are you ready? Okay. The Armenian army is ready to attack the Israelites, and they have been, and they've been strategizing. I'll give you a little background. And they had all these great plans to attack the Israelites. But every one of their plans... had been spied out and 
when they went to attack, it was as if the Israelites knew where they were attacking, when they were attacking, and how they were going to attack. So they called together a meeting, and they said, we've got to do something. There's a snitch. The king said, there must be a snitch. We're planning plans to destroy the Israelites, and somebody's going out of here, and y'all telling them. There's a snitch. Somebody speaks up and says, no, 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 no. King, um, excuse me. There, I don't believe there's any snitches. What I have, because snitches get stitches. <laughs> no, that doesn't say that. It doesn't say, oh, you can laugh. Why are you in such a bad mood? Did you go to a church where it's supposed to be boring and sad? Well, you're not in that church. He said, oh no, King, snitches get stitches. This is no snitch. This, I believe what's happening, someone told me that there's a man of God by the name of Elisha. And, and God is speaking to him, giving him vision. Everything we talk about, God is telling him. He knows and he tells the Israelites and then they are, they're waiting, they're ready. Well, the king said, okay, fine then. We'll kill the man of God. We'll kill this Elisha. Oh, no, you won't. Oh, no, I don't think so. So they go out. And the Bible says that the servant of Elisha wakes up, gets his coffee, opens the blinds, looks out the window, and almost passes out. When he looks out the window, you know what he sees? He sees an army. An army has surrounded the servant and Elisha. And they're getting ready to kill. The servant goes to Elisha and says, Elisha, here it is. There's an army with, hor There's an army with horses and chariots surrounding the city. He said, oh, master, this is life or death. What are we going to do? And then the prophet the man of God said, first, don't be afraid. Now, I want to stop right there. Some of you, when the reason you had your, your vision has been blurred is because you can't focus on what God's saying because you are scared to death. You are full of anxiety and fear. When you are faced with a problem that you don't know how to get out of, our natural human default is to fear we go to that. That is where we go. But we are not regular, normal humans. We no longer have those defaults. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I want to remind you right now, you don't default back to fear when you don't know what to say and you don't know what to do and you don't know where to go and you don't know how to do it. I'm telling you right now, don't you rely on yourself. Rely on Jesus. Don't give in to fear. Listen, we're not people of fear. We're people of faith. Every time you choose fear, you take away God's opportunity to perform a miracle in your life. When the enemy is surrounding you, it's a life or death situation. That is an opportunity for God to perform, are you listening, a miracle. Elisha said, Servant, nameless servant, we don't know his name. Don't be afraid. 
for those who are with us outnumber those who are with them. Oh, but Elisha, don't you know if I was Elisha, this is what I'd have said if I was Elisha. Uh-huh. Come again. What? Where are these people at? Elisha. Where are they hiding? See, here's the thing. Point number two. Point number two. God vision will give you the ability to see what others can't see. Oh, this is good preaching. I said this is good preaching. Hey, this is faith lifting preaching. This is getting you up out of the mud preaching. This is getting your eyes back on Jesus preaching. This is glory coming down, heaven invading your situation preaching. I'm telling you, when you've got God vision, when you're a man or a woman of faith, you'll have the ability to see what others can't see. Why? Why? Because you're no longer seeing, Jamie, through these natural eyes. He said, don't be afraid because those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then Elisha prayed. He said, Lord, this is good. Lord, open the servant's eyes so that he may see what I see. Let him see. Let him see what I'm talking about. So the Lord, here's that God vision. The Lord opened the servant's eyes and he began to see what Elijah seen. He saw that the mountain was covered with horses and chariots. These ain't normal chariots. Uh-uh. These are Holy Ghost chariots. These are God chariots. Chariots of fire. You know who they were around? They were all around Elisha. I want to tell you just if I was a servant, I'd have got as close as I could get to Elisha. I'd have jumped in that circle. I'd have got in, but I'd have got in between him and that army. I'm telling you right now, what may you may be looking at like uh, looking at may look like it's surrounding you, but I'm telling you, there's something that's surrounding you. If you could only see through the eyes of faith, and they are greater. I'm telling you, yeah, you might have a big problem, but I'm telling you. You got the host of heaven fighting for you. Hallelujah. God opened his eyes and the servant began to see what Elisha was seeing. And then Elisha prayed. He wasn't through praying. Then Elisha said, Now, God, you opened the servant's eyes. Blind. These people with blindness. Here they are with their swords and their horses and their chariots. Not a fire, by the way, just normal chariots. <laughs> Ready to fight. Then all of a sudden, blindness hits the enemy. I'd write that down. Blindness hits the end. Now I can see them. I can see them now with their swords. And Elisha, or the servant, it's there, just read it. I'm not quite, I don't remember. Takes 
them and leads them out into Samaria, I believe. And then he opens their eyes where they were supposed to be and where they were supposed to be fighting. They're no longer there. They're no longer, they don't know what's going on. Oh, man. So he prays for the servant to have his eyes open and he prays for the enemy to be blinded. And that leads me to point number three, which is my, my favorite point. The devil is blind. Whoa! Why y'all looking at me like this? Y'all hanging on? You hanging on? I ain't gonna leave you hanging. The devil is blind. What do you mean? First Corinthians chapter two, verse eight. Look what they, look what they, look what look what it says right here. We jump into the New Testament. Look what it says. First Corinthians chapter two, verse eight. Put it up there, Dion. Put it up there. Here it is. Speaking about the crucifixion of Jesus, none of the rulers of this age, none of them, not one of them, not one of them, not a single ruler of this age would have, if they would have known it, if they had had the wisdom, if they could have seen what God was going to do, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! What am I saying? I'm saying this. If they would have known, if Satan would have known that the crucifixion would have led to the greatest victory for mankind, if he would have known that, he would have never put it in the hearts of wicked men. See, he's blind though. He's, see, you give the devil too much credit. Some of y'all are thinking he's spirit, he's really, he can't see, he's blind. I'm talking about he doesn't have God's vision. What I'm saying is this. He, he did not understand the plan of salvation. All he could see is what was going on right at that moment. So, don't miss this. What I'm saying, listen, quit talking, listen. When Jesus was crucified, He's thinking, yeah, whoa, it's done. He's dead. It's over. But he sp all he could see was the natural. Are you hearing me? Naturally, his side was ripped open. In the natural, his blood vessels and capillaries were bursting. In the natural, a cat of nine tails, oh yeah, was slung by a Roman soldier and it dug into the back of Jesus, taking with it his flesh. His organs were exposed. He hang, hung on a cross, exposed, naked, hanging, suspended between heaven and earth. He's seen and he would be right. Nails driven into his hands. Nails driven into his feet. And what Satan could see made him excited, happy. Well, he's been defeated. He is dead. 
But see, Satan has sight, but he has no vision. He's spiritually blind. What looked like the defeat of Jesus <laughs> was just a setup, a setback for a comeback. Oh, they couldn't understand it. They, he could not see it. But I'm telling you what looked like defeat. I'm telling you what it really was. Vision says it was the price for sin was being paid. A, 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 a vision says cancer was leaving my body. Anxiety was vacating my mind. Depression was leaving my house. The drug addict was being set free. The marriage was being restored. Come on, somebody. The devil couldn't see it. But I see it with God. Vision. And I'm telling you, if the devil could see, he wouldn't be messing with you. If he could understand, if he had godly vision, he would understand what that he meant to harm us. God would always turn around for our good, but he can't see it. He's blinded. Help me, church. He's blinded today. He cannot see it. If he could see it, he wouldn't be messing with you. But I'm telling you right now, if God's been messing with you, if he's been trying to blur the vision, if your environment has been blurring the vision, let me tell you. We see this, just like we see the prophet, the spiritual father speaking to his servant, the spiritual son. We see this in Paul. Paul would tell his spiritual son, Timothy, who had God vision, but his vision had become blurred. He was needing to be stirred. See, when your vision is blurred, you need to be stirred. What do I mean by that? Paul would tell Timothy, hey, quit fearing. Quit being scared. I've, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And then in one, in one instance, he would tell Timothy, but are you blurred? You need to get stirred. He'd say, Timothy, remember how those people laid hands on you. Remember the calling that God placed on your life. And stir up the gift that is on the inside. When vision becomes blurred, you got, you've got, to. okay, bad knee and all. Here we go. I'm telling you right now, I can't do it for you. If I could get you seeing, I'd get you, but I, I can't do it. If I could give you some glasses, I'd give you some glasses. But what you've got to do is you've got to remember what God has done for you. You've got to remember how God brought you out. You, you've got to remember how God said, I need some people to start remembering. You've got to remember what God promised you. You've got to remember what God said in the midnight hour. You've got to remember how God brought you out. And then when you're facing a storm, when your vision is blurred, then start stirring. get a pot of something and it sat a little while 
all the good stuff goes to the bottom. And some of y'all been sitting for a while. I'm preaching now. Ain't in my notes. Sitting a while. You've been sitting because your environment has got you to, 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 to lose vision. And you've been sitting a while. And all the things God's put on in you has done went down to the bottom. And everything now up top is what you can see. You forgot what God put in you. You, mm, mm. I'm stirring up. You have forgot what God put in you. All the good stuff, all the promises he made done got down to the bottom because you've just been sitting. You've just been marinating. You've just been soaking. But I'm telling you right now, you need to get your Holy Ghost ladle and you need to start. Come on, somebody. Stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. And regain. Regain this vision. I'm telling you right now, if I let an environment dictate to me what I was going to do, I wouldn't be here anymore. I would not be standing here. I would not be pastoring this church. But I'm not led by environment. I don't, I'm not I'm running wild. Hear me, church. I'm a man of vision. God vision. And I'm telling you right now, get your eyes back on Jesus. I don't care what they've said. I don't care what they're saying. I don't care what it looks like. Get your eyes back on Jesus. Come on, somebody. Set your gaze back on Jesus. Get your focus back on him and begin to see like God sees. Stand with me all across this building. Singers and musicians. I'm going to ask you not to leave and move and all that stuff because this is very important. I never had to do that. You know, I never had to say that. I went years and years without having to say that. What happened? Did you know what set us apart was things like that? People never left because they were, I was long. Look at me right now. This is my message. This is, this is God's message. What happened? We lost our vision. We lost our vision. Environment has snatched our vision, blurred our vision. Is, has what I've said made sense to anybody today? Can you apply it to your personal life today? Today it's time for us to regain our vision. And for some of us, some of us, it may be time to once again or for the first time 
get a glimpse of what God wants to do. See, before you can ever come to Jesus, you first have to have a glimpse of godly vision that shows you who you are, the real you, and who he is. See, everything that has happened to you has not happened to you by accident. God in his almighty grace has allowed you to be, get to where you're at so that you would be able to look past the situation and see the need of a Savior. See, before you can ever have a revelation of who Jesus is, you need a clear vision of who you are. Before you desperately understand that you need Jesus, you desperately need to understand that you need saving. A one who needs, doesn't need saving doesn't need a Savior. So I want to ask you right now where you're standing. Today, if you're not saved, if... if if you haven't received Jesus, you haven't called out on him, like blind Bartimaeus done. If you haven't called out on him to receive him so that you can have a clear vision to begin to see clearly. If you haven't Receive Jesus. If you haven't called out on him today, I want you to have the opportunity to call out on him today. And you say, Pastor, that's me. And, it's, and the way we're going to call out on him, we're just going to say, that's me. Right now, if that's you, lift your hand. Say, that's me. That's me. Anybody? I'll just take two hands back there. Anybody else? Come on. Anybody over here? That's me. Just I need, I need, I need to call out on Jesus. A hand back there. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? What are you afraid of losing? What are you afraid of losing? You know what blind Bartimaeus lost? He lost his, he lost his disease. He gained sight. He lost shame. He no longer had to be a beggar. Pastor Michael, there's two men right there behind you. I want you to go, go put your arms around them and get right in the middle of them. What do you have to lose? Shame, guilt, fear, death. What do you have to gain? Joy, peace, forgiveness. What a trade, church. What do I have to do? Call on Jesus. I'm not going to tell you. Just call on Jesus. Call on Jesus. Anybody say, I need to reach out and call on Jesus one more time. Anybody say, that's me. Anybody lift it up high. Lift it up high. We're going to pray. These men. There was someone else back here. 
right here behind you. Peggy, would you look behind? Yeah, Deanna, go over there. You say, well, why don't we come up to the front this time like we always do? Because I want to show you something. God will meet you right where you're at. One more time. I need Jesus. I'm a good person. I'm not, ta- I'm not saying you're not a good person. But good people go to hell every day and you're getting there closer every day. Every day you're, gonna get, you're getting closer to eternity. So one more time. You want to hold on to your pride? You want to hold on to it? If you feel God dealing with you, that's exactly what it is. And that's a miracle in itself. The Bible says no man can come to Jesus unless he's first drawn. Barnabas would have never seen Jesus if Jesus wouldn't have come to him. So Jesus has come to you and he's dealing with you right now. I'm asking you, if he's calling on you, will you lift your hand and answer? One more time. Lift it up now. If you don't know Jesus, if you're not born again, if you're not saved, I'm giving you one more opportunity. You say, why would you do this? Why would you prolong it? Because I don't want you to go to hell. One more time. Anybody else? I'm looking. Let's pray. And I want us to pray this prayer, and we're going to pray it out loud. We're all going to pray it. And if you believe this prayer, Jesus will save you today. He'll forgive you of your sins. Are you ready, church? Let's pray this prayer. Say, Lord, pray it loud. Lord, here I am. I receive your love, your mercy, and your grace. I believe that you died for me. And I believe you rose again for me. I place my faith in you. Thank you for rescuing me. Thank you for calling me. I place my faith and trust in you. I give you my past. I give you my sin. My doubts. My failures. I give them to you. I receive new life. A brand new start. I'm a brand new person. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I turn my eyes to you. I'm going to follow you now. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Come on, can you give God praise? Now I want you to look at me. Don't leave. Nobody leaves right now. The service isn't over. You say, Pastor, this message spoke to me and I'm regaining my vision today. Lift your hands and say, I'm regaining my vision today. Come on. This, this message speak to you. I'm regaining my vision today. Lift both hands up now. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're regaining our vision. Environment is not going to dictate who I am and where I'm going. We, this church will grow when, all, when other churches aren't growing. When man says we can't build, we build. When man says we can't do it, God does it. When God says we're healed and the doctor says we're not, we're still believing we're going to be healed in the name of Jesus. 
When people say our child will never get delivered from that, that addiction, we're not listening to what the cop says, and we're not listening to what the psychologist says. We're listening to what God says. And God, you say my son and my daughter will be free in the name of Jesus. Father, we believe that. We believe that your grace is longer than a, than, 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 than a criminal record in the name of Jesus. That your grace is greater than our sins. God, we bless you now. We pray. We're getting our vision back in Jesus' name. And we're moving forward. Now we give you praise and glory for it all in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Listen to me real quick. You know how to walk in vision? Begin to do things that only people walk in vision do. In a hostile spiritual environment, begin to share the gospel. I want you to grab a card. They're sitting right out there. Grab a card and change a life. It simply says, come sit with me. I, we, our nature, our DNA of this church has been to invite, invite, invite. I want to ask you, have you been inviting? Have you been inviting people? Get back to it. Get your focus back. Realize what we're here for, what we're doing, that this world is just temporary, but there is an eternal world that is waiting on us. And what we do for the kingdom matters. I want you to have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I will see you next Sunday. New believers will be tomorrow at 7 o'clock. New Believers Small Group, join us. CR is, uh, I'm not sure if CR is going to be happening Thursday or not. There will be a message that goes out to everybody tomorrow letting you know our schedule for Thanksgiving. If I don't see you then, I'll see you next Sunday, this coming weekend. God bless you. Invite somebody. Bring them to church with you. Have a great, have a great Thanksgiving. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.